What is the thing that we can all do to really support the growth and development of this child and raise their own belief in what's possible? The educational landscape has shifted. The social mobility is very segregated. Therefore, politically, the same thing is happening. The decisions you make around that child's education are of paramount importance. What can we do that would make educators' lives better? How do we make change that you can see in the classroom? They don't have summers off. They're not on a break. Most of the time that kids are not in school, teachers are still working. To impact our urban public schools, to impact the life of a child, we really wanted to elevate the profile of our city as well as elevate the opportunities that exist in education here. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miss Education. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to us today. I'm sitting down with Molly Cox from SA 2020. I'm super excited about it, too. Oh, good. Yeah, you're you're pretty famous. I don't don't know about that. No, I'm pretty sure you're famous. I I mean, am I? I think (laughs) mostly people just know my name because of SA 2020. Which is good. That's really cool. She's got kind of neat hair. (laughs) (laughs) And I really just attribute that to David at Shaq. So there it is. That's it. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for sitting down with me today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I have so much fun doing this because I get to geek out on all the things that I I just like to geek out on. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to sit down and talk to a data guru and think through like the vision of the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really what SA 2020 is, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. I, you know, uh, SA 2020 is such a unique sort of way that we got started was in this public engagement process nearly 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Under then Mayor Julian Castro, who basically said like, hey, I want to know where the city the community at large wants us to go for the next 10 years. Um, the community vision was written um, with sort of 11 various areas and results. Now up to 62 community indicators sort of track our progress to see if we're actually moving our way towards this vision. Yeah. And education, which is really interesting, r- rose to the top as like the thing that people in San Antonio said could really change our city for the future, like for the better and uh, Mm -hmm. for the future, really looking at sort of educational outcomes. The difference, right, the way that San Antonio did their community visioning process, unlike any other city, which is also other cities obviously have done community visioning process. The idea was basically get rid of it. Do not hold on. Like Julian very specifically said, I cannot hold on it onto it in the office and I can't mm-hmm. give it to a city department. It really needs to be a separate sort of nonprofit that holds us yeah. accountable to this. It's and a way other for us- places. What is it? It's a de- like a department. Yeah, usually like a city and, department yeah. or uh-huh. right. Some kind of governmental yeah. agency will hold on to it. Um, but quite frankly, right, it's not one entity's role to make a result happen for the community. It's multi-sector. Definitely. And there's something sort of powerful behind having a separate nonprofit be objective and sort of say when something's going well and also be able to say when something's not going so well. Yeah. Which is both a, a blessing and a curse, I think, <laughs> at some points. Um, it's really important, though. I think, like, in the work that I get to do right now, I'm working both with city education partners and with CAST and we're talking to school leaders who have a vision for what school or an imagination for what school could look like or should look like. And so we've been thinking a lot about design thinking and about vision casting. And I was just in a session the other day where we were asking school leaders to think like a designer and we gave them a task. And the task was like design a perfect Saturday. 
Oh, wow. And gave them a few minutes to think on that. Uh-huh. And then we shared out ideas. And, you know, every single one of us designed a perfect Saturday for us. Of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Like, we didn't, you mean for us? Like the I mean, perfect yeah, like Saturday for me? me personally, Because right? I would like, be quiet pr- in a house with a book. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, step two. Now that you've gone through that, yeah. how about you find someone in the room who you don't already know Oof, yeah. and go and you're going to design a perfect Saturday for this person and you can only ask this person one question and mm. that one question is, what is your name? Oh, wow. And, and did then it go work? for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. <laughs> and we all felt very foolish. Right, right. And so the third round was like, okay, now you get to ask this person, what brings you joy? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's been a great experience you've had in the last year? Oh, yeah. And any other freebie question that you think would help you design a perfect Saturday for them? Okay. And obviously that plan was much better right, right, right. than the original iterations. Okay. And that's kind of what this makes me think of, right? Like that it doesn't make sense for somebody far removed from the community you're trying to serve to make the plan yeah. without asking anybody, well, what do you think needs to be yeah, you're, the perfect San Antonio? It's so good that you're, it's like, yeah, the idea that we consistently do uh, planning or we do unto our community rather than with mm-hmm. um, is so clear. And it's not just in our own community, right? Communities across the nation are struggling with understanding community yeah, engagement. Sure. And what would it look like if every time we were sort of figuring out where we go next, if we were actually asking the people that needed us to go there? Like, what? wow, wow, <laughs> interesting that could be if we actually were shifting resources and programs to really meet community mm-hmm. need. Um, and know what community need was because we were having honest and open conversations with them. Um, yeah, the way that this sort of came about was so organic. And I mm-hmm. think I can't imagine, right, having as much buy-in. Nearly 6,000 people participated in the original visioning process. It was arguably the most successful community engagement process our community had seen. And I can't imagine what would have happened if we had just, like, put that report on a right. shelf and been yeah. like, we'll see it again in another decade. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, there's something sort of magical about that. And our our job really, right, at SA 2020 is to not only sort of transparently report how are we doing, are we moving towards the vision we said mm-hmm. we wanted or further away from it, but then also to really engage the community in really understanding sort of how we all make up the systems we seek to change. So let's disrupt some stuff. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I imagine it's kind of hard too, though, because there's a lot of people working on initiatives, right? There's a lot of people working on the same stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of – so we have 160 multi-sector partners. In fact, community education partners just uh, applied to be a partner. We've been doing a lot of stuff with CAS schools. Obviously, Gene Russell Uh over there used to be at SA 2020. was in Mayor Julian Castro's (laughs) office when it launched. So, you know, we know her a little bit. Um, And it's true. It's like I think there's – we call ourselves, we have like sort of a unique bird's eye view. It's not just that we're looking at the data. We're also looking at multi-sector institutions and the type of work they're doing to sort of figure out where the continuums of service could be mm-hmm. happening, right? Like where is a nonprofit doing some really interesting wraparound services that could be yeah. beneficial to a school and where, right? Exactly. That kind of stuff. So I think, yeah, like our job is really to sort of mind gaps and mm-hmm. uh, understand assets and really figure out. Um, where are the spaces where we could be coming together better? 
I taught fifth grade for seven years. Oh my goodness, fifth Freaking grade, fifth grade, fifth so the good. Best. They are great. So They're ten good. years old. They're at the top of their food chain. Oh, man. They're it's just the getting ready most to look. awkward time, at least for they me. They try out a lot of different personalities. Oh. They're like, I don't know. Am I the class clown today? Am I am I like I the nerd that. today? What am I going to be today? And so they just good. try it on for size and see how it fits. And then they ultimately they'll pick one. But it's yeah. fun to watch that little evolution of 10-year-olds yeah, and 10-year-old so thinking. And like they get your jokes. And they think you're funny even yeah. when you're not. Yeah. So that's a bonus. And they have a tiny bit of like, I love her. Right? Yes. Like, oh, they still so admire good. school yeah. and school leaders. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place to be. So I taught for seven years. Okay. Um, and I was focused on teaching. That's pretty mm. much it. Yeah. I didn't really think too much beyond my classroom. Yeah. Uh, and then I was coached into becoming a coach. Okay. Um, because I was good at instruction. Okay. And so that, you know, I had a leader that was like, you should think uh-huh. about joining a leadership. So then you you sort of like your worldview gets a little bit bigger. Yeah. And then you see other people's classrooms and you're like, oh, OK, I was doing this right or I could have done this better. or Oh, my God, thank God I never did that. You yeah, know, right. But it, it does change your own perspective. Yeah. And then I became a school administrator. And then you're like going to other schools and visiting and your worldview is changing a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, of course. You know? Um, so I feel like what you just said about cross-sector and and making sure that you know what the gaps are and you know where the assets are, that's a purview that not a whole lot of people have. So you must feel really lucky to get to poke into different industries and see the work that each one is leading. Yeah. Um, and I, I want that for all of our classroom teachers. Oh, right. I want that. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why I said, like, we should, when uh, Lorenzo Gomez said, would you start a pod? I was like, I will if this is what we get to do because we're in our classrooms. Yeah. Not necessarily talking to industry leaders or learning from them <sighs> or, or even understanding what's happening at scale in our city. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I didn't know about SA 2020 in 2010. Right. You know, right, so right. this is why I'm like, this keep telling us. What yeah. else do we need no, to know? That's so I love it so much. It's true. We talk about we make the joke all the time that like in the process of having conversations, and again, right, we're in a room, it'll be teachers and administrators or industry leaders, like you can see, and everybody's brains are like, Yes, absolutely, we should be working together better. We should create <laughs> continuums of care yes. and we will all and then I'm like, right, and then you're gonna go back to cat memeing, right? Like yeah, we're just exactly. like just type in cat meme. Um we all go back to our silos and we're just trying we're just like hey are we treading water right we just want to make sure that we're not drowning and I think it there is something I I mean obviously I'm biased I work Mm -hmm. at SA 2020 but there also is something we've watched it in other cities like other cities are also sort of transfixed by this idea that there was a city that came together and said hey this is where we want to go and that this nonprofit's job is literally to wake up every morning and say are we going there And if we're not, how do we fix that? Um, And why don't you know this person? And why aren't you working with that person? And Right. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. The capacity of teachers, the capacity of nonprofits. The The talent that exists in our city is immeasurable. It's so silly. And, you know, we have those conversations all the time where we are, I sort of, it's like, what would it look like if we were flipping narratives, right? Instead of saying kinder-ready students, we were saying, right, uh, student-ready kinders. Um, if we were saying <laughs> yes. college-ready students, we were saying student-ready colleges, right? Like, are you ready for the kids to come in? Are because you it ready? it does go both ways. It really does. And I was looking through your data indicators. Mm-hmm. 
and being really nosy and like opening every single tab. That yes, I could. we we literally have T-shirts that say "Be curious." <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, open I like everything. that word better. Yeah. I'm pretty nosy, nosy, but curious, whatever. Same we'll same. call it curious. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that stood out to me, I was really appreciative that there's a blurb on there that says readiness standards are ever changing. So it's yeah. hard to track progress on that. Yeah. That observation sometimes gets missed in our industry that actually comparing this year to five years ago is not yeah. the same. No. Because we're judging things differently and we're measuring things differently. And it's a different cohort of students and a different <laughs> cohort of teachers. Different technology and different Yeah, my gosh. Yes. But we hang our hat on accountability. That's right. That is measured annually, even though it's nothing is the same. Yeah. From when you, so I just wanted to say that I appreciate oh, that. Oh, sure. Thanks. Uh, at least the recognition that, hey, this is what the data says, but it's actually really complex data. And it doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means. Yeah. Um, but we still need to pay attention to it. Yeah, of course. I think the challenge for us consistently, right, is like we always joke that when we talk about sort of we're driving ourselves towards these results that are far reaching, right? I mean, educational opportunity for every student, no matter your zip code, is like, what? You want to do what? <laughs> right. And how systemic and pervasive yeah. and historical and right. Like there's so many things to sort of. Mm -hmm. And then we produce these reports annually and we're like, no, there's some rigor behind. We know what we're doing here. Right. Yeah, like exactly. our, San Antonio has really tried to sort of put their eye on where we want to go. And then how are we incrementally moving there? It doesn't mean that we're going to make uh, we're not turning it around in a year or two. It means are we putting the foundations, the building blocks into place to really get where we say we want to? So saying things like, hey, it's if you're looking at readiness um, year over year over year and that's mm -hmm. your sole measure of success, you're you're missing out on the right. bigger picture. What's the result we are seeking to achieve? Um, and that's what we consistently ask people like. I think data, we are nerds over at SA 2020. <laughs> we are ridiculous about it. We analyze, we research, we're doing all of that. But I think the thing that we say all the time is if the data is the end goal for you, you are missing out on who the data represents, mm -hmm. which is students and yeah. parents and teachers and right. Like, yes, look at them as the data is humans that live here in this community. Right. I was on your website. It's really easy to navigate to. So that data, it's totally accessible. If you oh, go yeah. online and you just follow each little path, um, you will get to some great and you'll un, you will have your own revelations of like, oh, my God. Yeah, I see how that's playing out yeah. every single day in our classrooms or in in the bigger picture. So I, I just want to tell you, what is your website? So everybody knows where what we're talking about Thank and where you. they can go. Yeah, it's SA2020.org is the website itself. And I have to give a shout out to Claire Remert and her brilliant team of volunteers, legit volunteers who um, put together our dashboard, basically taking the information we were giving them and like displaying it in a way that makes the most sense. Um, and they volunteer their time to do that. It is awesome. Yeah. We are very, very lucky to have a fantastic uh, web committee of five amazing humans who made that happen for us. So yeah. It's really pretty cool. And they did a great job. 
Um, nothing is like in educator ease, which is nice. You know, yeah, the jargon's yeah. a little bit well, removed from it, which is great because I think that's what makes it accessible. Oh, good. Um, yeah, we're to be fair, people we're not education experts, yeah. right? Like that's your job, right? Like <laughs> we know that there are people out there who are education experts. We are evaluation experts. Mm-hmm. We are sort of data analysts. We are experts in understanding how to reach a result, right? Yeah. How can we reprogram or redesign something? Um, but we know a lot about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We're not experts in them. We yeah. just know a lot about yeah. it. Yeah. The other thing I really appreciate is that there's there's also sections where you can see that you're considering more than just academic indicators yeah. and you're thinking through there's a lot of things that happen in a student's life that can Oof. positively or negatively impact their academic performance yeah. and then also negatively or positively impact their the way anyone shows up at school for teachers and students yeah. right so things like poverty like food insecurity trauma yeah. um, those are other indicators that absolutely affect education mm-hmm. that can't be removed from like yes here's this now nice accountability data right but what about all the other like the health and well-being of our city at large and how does that show up in schools Mm -hmm. everything to us is interrelated there's no way that a kid can go to school and learn and hit the accountability measures if he or she is hungry, right? You can't get there because we don't have a transit system that operates for all of us, right? That you are sick or your parents are working too many jobs and don't have time, right? Like, so there's so many indicators, I think, to everything to us is interrelated. And I think as we have, because we have this uh, vision and because we have the things that our community prioritize, then we are able to really have, I think, more holistic conversations. When we, I, like you saying, I was nosy and I was going in, I'm like, yes, be all nosy, get all up in, right? Because yes. we know that if, for example, um, we don't work out what's going on with our educational outcomes and we know we're going to have challenges in education and workforce, right? So when we say things like, hey, San Antonio is like one of the top cities for college-educated millennial growth, that didn't happen in a vacuum. Like we worked to make that happen as Mm -hmm. a community across sectors, becoming the community that really did attract young talent here. And at the same time, we have to be better at helping our homegrown workforce, right? Right. Like our homegrown kids, how, where are they going? What jobs are they getting? Because the jobs are not the problem right now. Right. Uh, It's getting the people, the certificates and the degrees that they need to get those jobs. Yeah. Yeah. When we try to show that everything is sort of interrelated, we walked people through, it's one of our um, sort of uh, we like to say, like, open up to any indicator in the report book and we can mm-hmm. we'll walk you through 50 other indicators it touches. Well, that, that's exactly what I was doing oh, is I'm I was so looking happy. and thinking like, well, yeah, but oh, wait, they just said exactly what I was thinking. Oh, good. You're right. Like this impacts academic performance as much as anybody else. Yeah, we or, were we talked very specifically at our luncheon that when we released mm-hmm. this report back in January um, that, you know, the community vision is not just important for what it says, but what for what it forces us to accomplish together. Right. And there's these big, bold efforts that have occurred over the last near decade. Things like Decade of Downtown, of course, Alamo Promise has been directly linked to our desired vision for education and workforce. Pre-K for SA was the very first big, bold effort that came mm-hmm. out of the community vision, right? So in 2012, we passed this 
this thing, this like, what do you mean pre-K <laughs> for kids, right? Right. Um, and now 445,000 students later, the first cohort has gone through third grade. They did a study. Uh, the third graders are 12% higher in reading scores than Texas, 18% higher in math scores. Their attendance is higher than most kids. So they're showing it's kind real- of like, duh, right? Like, like, but thank God. What? But, but duh. thank God there's- <laughs> Yes. But thank God there is like an impact study that's out there that can say like, no, look, no, but for we're real. not making it up. <laughs> yeah, like, right. This is actually very effective. Yeah. Like what would we are literally this program that we said was so important and we said it was so important. The community literally said out loud, we think that kinder readiness is a is a determining factor for educational success. Mm-hmm. So pre-K for essay was directly linked to that. But we were telling the story to your point about like interrelatedness. Right. So if we're thinking about pre-K, we can walk you through almost everything from four-year-olds and early childhood all the way through, pre-K is not just amazing for what it can do for educational outcomes. If you also think about family violence and child Mm -hmm. abuse in our community, so family violence, domestic violence numbers have gotten exponentially larger than we ever would want. Um, Child abuse numbers have gone up. 80% of confirmed perpetrators of child abuse are parents of children. And the vast majority of children who are being hurt in child abuse cases, confirmed child abuse cases, are five years or under the age of five years, which, are again, research tells us if more people have their eyes on mm-hmm. children, That's right. we, we lessen, we reduce the risk mm-hmm. of child abuse. And I'm like, and then we make the case again for pre-K, right? Absolutely. Like, because if you're, you've got, if you've got a teacher, a pre-K instructor staring at a kid that. all day, exactly. Exactly. So, yes, to your point, everything to us is interrelated. And that parent, once you're linked into a school system, you have access to tons of parent resources Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not a gotcha either. It's like, hey, I noticed your family is having a hiccup here. Yeah, right. We need to get you some support. And I've seen parents who have really just appreciated somebody saying, like, I, I recognize that you you lost it. Yeah, you, right. What what oh, do you we need? We can help yeah, you. Yeah, right. Let me get you in touch with someone who can salvage this. Oh, and there's such a case to be made, right? We've seen it in our partners, um, in nonprofits and in our government partners, the public partners, the idea that instead of punishment, we start asking why. It mm-hmm. changes the conversation. Um, and all of a sudden, we're no longer saying like, well, why didn't you show up to class or you didn't show up to class? We're going to penalize you. It's, hey, what what happened? Yeah. Why didn't you show up? And then you find out, oh, I didn't have a ride mm-hmm. or my dad lost his job or and clothes then it's like, clean. yeah, exactly. And some of it's little like my clothes aren't clean. That's right. I don't have so a when T-shirt. Ask right. me, you know, when I was a principal, like we had so many su- supply drives at the beginning of the year and yeah. everybody wanted to give us school supplies. Of course. School supplies are actually very inexpensive in the summer months. So, you know, I was always like, actually, save your, (laughs) save save your your eight cents on that composition book, Uh pull it all together and get me a washer and dryer. Because that's actually what I really want. that's so smart. Yeah, What I really want is a washing machine and a dryer. Because that would solve half of our attendance issues. Yeah, because then you could just wash uniforms. Oh, so smart. So in case anyone's looking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you really want to know what to get a Washer and dryer. (laughs) It's a washer and dryer. Just a washer and dryer. A refrigerator would be great. Oh, smart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the things that you're not thinking about, right? You're Mm. thinking you needed pencils. Here's your pencils. Um, Yeah. No, I'm with you. Oh, yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I what I did notice. I had a question. Yeah, I really feel like 
I wish there were an indicator, and maybe there is, and I didn't dig far enough, okay. about teacher recruitment and retention. Yeah. We're in the middle of a community engagement process. I, I guess I should say that too. So um, probably since 2011, we've heard the question, what happens in 2020? <laughs> um, and I'm like, give, yes. can you give us a minute? Like, just give us a minute. It's February. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had been working very specifically on like, okay, look, we 72% of the indicators we're tracking. Um, so about 44 of them are doing better today than they were when we started. So we know that this work is working, right? We know we have more work to do um, and we're not going anywhere. Uh, uh, San Antonio is the only large city in the United States that has a community vision written by the people who live here, a separate nonprofit that drives progress toward that vision and more than 160 multi-sector organizations aligned to that vision. Yeah, no other city has those things working. Mm -hmm. I bring that up because, and I'll get to your teacher recruitment, I promise, We are in the middle of a community engagement process where we are asking people to help us strengthen and reaffirm and strengthen the community vision. It starts with a survey, which we have going right now, and you can answer three questions. I'm looking at it. I love it. It takes five minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's three questions. What do you want to see maintained or preserved over the next 10 years? What do you want to see improved or changed over the next 10 years? And what would you be willing to do about it, basically? Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, uh, the... Um, interesting component of that is once we gather that information, we will be hosting meetups and forums throughout the entire year to basically say, are we tracking the right things? Do we need to maybe mm-hmm. pivot or change? We're not tracking recruitment efforts of teachers, um, it, mostly because we're like, oh, is that a an institution, not a right. community-wide space? But I think there's conversations to be had around what we mean when we say workforce or mm-hmm. um, target industries and what do those look like and are we getting are we developing the type of talent we need to create more talent, right? Yeah. That's what teachers do. They're like helping create the next generation yes, of talent. I was, I was at a conference last week and one of the guest speakers was Kaya Henderson, who was the former superintendent of schools in Washington, DC public school system. Okay. She's now the I think the executive director of Teach for All. Okay. Which is an international organization. Oh wow, all right. Uh-huh. And so she was talking about how the industry of education is a people industry. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. And she said something and I wrote it down because I was like, you can't be more specific and simple yeah. around such a complex issue. She right. was like, good year makes tires. Educators make people. Oh, so good. Yeah. I was yeah. like, uh, it's, yes. It's so true. It is. It's like you're you're not going because you're like trying to make test takers you're making, you're making human people. beings <laughs> people are i'm all i keep thinking about is you had fifth graders that you were like molding right those fifth graders <laughs> are now kind not of fifth an graders. important job i know <laughs> um I think that there's like something to be said for having uh, more strategic conversations around what does that look like? Are Mm -hmm. we doing right by our teachers? Um, What are school districts doing? What are institutions doing? Um, That's why I'm I love that you said cast. I'm like so excited about what's happening with that school system. Um, And I know I'm biased because Gene Russell's a friend of mine. (laughs) But also I, I think it's like what does it look like to sort of turn the. Again, what does it look like to shift the narrative back and say, hey, kids, what do you want to learn? What do you want to know? Yesterday, I was at CAST Mm -hmm. and with their new school leader. Her name is Dr. Wendy Fuller. Okay. And we've been working together all year on CAST lead. Oh, yeah. And as part of that process, we wanted to do empathy interviews. So we did empathy interviews with students. We took 22 eighth graders yesterday who have already said, I want to come to CAST lead. Okay. So they've already completed their application. 
Um, we brought them to the campus and we had them pair up with our industry partners. Okay. And we, we prepped the industry partners a couple of months ago and said, what do you think we should ask students? So we asked them things like, how will you know when you're successful? Oh, man. Okay. We got the best answers. Yeah, of course. The and because best. also, let's want- be clear, kids are way better than adults. They were so great. Like across the board. They are. Ugh. So they said, I think like one of my favorite quotes from yesterday, we asked a bunch of questions. Okay. Um, but one young lady stood up and said, I want to know things that other people wouldn't know. Oh. That's her vision for school. I yeah you're accepted you're in, <laughs> you're in. you just wrote the job description for every it. teacher to teach you're things in and you can teach also yes oh man I want to know the things that other people wouldn't know oh so good and then she added she like had a caveat just in case I ever need it <laughs> right just in case just in case like I just oh. want to know the things that other people don't know in case I ever need it yes yeah someone then, else was like I think I'm going to be successful when I can uh, fly to travel because he's oh, dri- he's traveled, but it's always been by I'm car. Yeah, so he oh, his he would his measure of success was I'm going to travel by airplane, and the place he wants to go is Hawaii. Oh man, I don't mean it as like a a knock, right? I'm serious. Every single time we sit in front of young people. I'm saying young. We can sit in front of four or five-year-olds. We can sit in front of juniors or seniors in high school. We have never sat in front of them with a vision and had them go like, nah, there's no way. Not ever. They're like, oh, have you tried this? What about this? Have you ever tried? And I'm like, yes, all these ideas. And then you sit in a room with adults Mm -hmm. and they're like, wah, wah. How are we measuring college readiness? (laughs) And here's what through. And I'm like, could y'all stop it? How are we measuring whether or not we're teaching people things they don't already know? How are we we doing that? How are we doing that? Oh, man. Yes. So I am also very excited about what... I'm excited What's to happening see in yeah, our city. Yeah. Yeah, with both with CAS, but just in general. I feel like it's the year of the teacher anyway. Yeah. Oh, I love that. The yeah, year like of the teacher. It's just, which is probably why teacher recruitment and retention is on my mind. I get because it. Because I think like, man, in every research, mm-hmm. in every education research sector, they will tell you the effect size of a high quality teacher far outpaces any other indicator on student performance. It it's it, the effect size is better than a quality leader. Uh, it's better than your instructional materials. It's better than like your your biggest bang for your buck in terms of outcomes is your teacher. That's so good. And I just keep thinking about like I come from a family of educators, so I'm biased already. But I think partially there's also like if you think back I can name my teachers to you that made a difference in my life. And probably the ones that pissed you off, too. Of course. The (laughs) horrible ones, I can tell you their names. We can chat about that later. And then I can tell you the ones that, like, have like I remember them specifically, right, Um, who noticed, right, when something was off or saw something that somebody else didn't. Like, I can tell you who those teachers were. And it's like, oh, of course. Like, I can't – I don't know that I remember my principal's names. That's what I'm saying. Right. I you remember know. the person you see every day who, yes. like, is trying to who connect. Noticed, yes, right? yes. Or not mm-hmm. connect. You know both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do know both. Uh-huh. You do know both. But that's why I was like, we should. We should. Yeah. I wonder what it would look like if we were a city who held teachers way up. Yes. You know? like, I, wonder, I, I wonder that mm-hmm. all the time. I wonder how many teachers, what's our, our teacher attrition rate in San Antonio? Do we you have know, it? Do, we don't I have don't that know. number. 
Who would track that? I'm like, I guess each ISD I'm would track it. Absolutely. They have their own individual numbers. We could probably track that. Okay. Um, but that's the thing. That would be my question. That's what I'm going to write on my survey. It's like, I just want to know, how are, we, <laughs> how, are we, how are we measuring that? And are we doing okay? Yeah. You know, I, because this is where educational outcomes come from. It's from our teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We're not um, educational outcomes don't happen again in a vacuum. It's no. not like a kid shows up to class and then maybe like <laughs> you did well. Now you're on to college. Well done. There's like so many hands in that. Right. So, yeah, I think that could be a really interesting. It's around. But I also right Then we get to. So I know you're not saying this, which is why I'm like, oh, how do we measure it in a way that makes the most sense? Yeah. Because then we get into punitive damage of like course. control, right? Yeah. Where it's like, well, how many days did you show up to uh -huh. work? And what is your, and how is yeah. your pass rate? And yeah. like for te for testing. I So yeah, I think there's something to be said for what are the sort of exceptional like leadership programs that are happening. I know we've got, right, master teachers. Yes. And I, I mean, there's so many things that are going on and how interesting that could be to like Track. To dig in just a little bit, you know, and think through. All right. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> Thank you for my homework. <laughs> well, then you have to let everybody else know what you find. I'll, what you we'll look through I'll help you look I'm it sure up. I'm sure somebody knows it. We'll I will help you. Okay. What What do you think the, what have you learned about education that just surprised you the most, would you say? Or is there a thing? Or is it? Yeah, I don't know that I have been surprised by anything. I think what we have done more recently was started to disaggregate data. I think originally when we were going, right, there's no other organization that sort of puts out 62 indicators and says, mm -hmm. hey, are we failing? Are we moving in the right direction? Are we even making progress? And then about two or three years ago, we were like, this is an aggregate of the information. We need to start disaggregating so people mm -hmm. can really see where community need is. Are we closing gaps, right? Right. Because we know uh, race is a predictor of outcomes. Right. Um, that's... Uh, that's not a, a sentence to be provovocative. That's it's provable in the data. Um, and that's for so many Across systemic challenges, right. right, that have just historically been a problem. Um, when we started to disaggregate the data, it's not just that there's a disparity, which we already knew existed. I think it was what was shocking to me was how shocked other people were by the disparity because mm -hmm. there's no way to move. Like you can't deny it. Right. When right. it's in front of you. So I think. That's been an interesting one where people, how do we have those conversations without it feeling, um, how do we have those conversations without it becoming something that we're just like yelling at each other right, about? where people get defensive. and you, Which is just yeah. so unhelpful, yes. right? When you're like, if you're serious, if you're sitting in it and saying like our job as a community, because we said it was, was to provide educational opportunities for every student, no matter mm -hmm. their zip code. Um, and we know right now, particularly in San Antonio, race and place are very closely aligned, right? We know when people say east side what they're actually saying, right. west side what they're actually, right? We It's like this coded language that we use. And it's like, what would it look like if we stopped using coded language and said, how are we helping our students of color mm -hmm. um, get the same outcomes that our white students are getting? Right. Um, what are we doing in order to meet those needs? And we know that it's not an individual problem. It's a systemic problem. It's institutional. So how are we f sort of figuring that out? So I think it's not so much surprising the disparity. What was surprising to me was the surprise of others. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I yeah. think, too, like thinking through, again, like the teacher lens, right? Like how many teachers of color do we have oh, in, in leadership roles? Yes. How many school leaders are, are women and how many are men? Mm -hmm. How many superintendents are 
people of color or women? Um, those are all really big questions, and they are delicate. They, yeah, I think uh, it's. I think it's delicate because we're not used to having them. Yeah, nobody's exactly. good at talking about it, right? We're all sort of like, "Ooh, are we saying like, the right oh, thing? Shoot. Do they say the wrong words?" So I think there's that. We did a study, not, and now I'm like, "Oh, we should." Now I want to do it in schools. Um, dang it! I, <laughs> now did, you have more I didn't realize homework. I have more homework. <laughs> um, we did a study with our nonprofit partners um, where we had asked them about the demographic makeup of their boards, and then we asked demographic makeup of their CEOs That's and executive directors. Is that on the dashboard? Yeah. Well, it's not. It's in our nonprofit in report, nonprofit. which oh, okay, is okay, sh2020.org/reports. Um, we uh, the first time that we ran through it, the demographic makeup. Um, predominantly white over the age of 50 um, is who was making up uh, board leadership. Um, we ran this game. Mostly males or mostly even? males. When we ran the program called the board game, um, we specifically did it so that we could match. Um, like basically we asked our nonprofit partners, what are you missing? Not just mm -hmm. demographically, but experience wise, expertise wise, and then had an application process open and did such targeted, serious community outreach where we were like pivoting our engagement as applications were coming in. And we specifically were trying to get, we were like, we're, we were done with people saying, oh no, it, over the age of 50, that's who wants to apply for boards. Like right. that's who it is. Yeah. And I'm like, is well, it? Is yeah. it though? Uh -huh. um, so we did this application process. 130 at the end, we trained and matched 132 people to these nonprofit boards, predominantly under the age of 40, predominantly women of color, mm -hmm. um, right? The younger people of color who, and I've I have met like I've been at a, like a, an organization's meeting or even today I was at a restore education breakfast yeah. and this guy comes over and introduces himself to me and he said I went through the board game I'm yeah. on restore education I was like what <laughs> awesome. yeah I'm like yes um I think that there's just something um to exactly your point like when we see people who look like us when we know that's where we could go um it changes the way that we think about our future and it changes the way you think about everything else that's happening around you. You're <sighs> suddenly, I think I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I heard this. Um, it was a long time ago, but it had a lasting effect. I'm sorry. I apologize to whoever told this to me <laughs> They're gonna get that I cannot get give recognition <laughs> to. Um, but they said, you know, there's something in your your reticula changes when you have a new experience, and then suddenly that becomes your awareness of that mm. is heightened, right? And then you start seeing it. So, like, if you buy, if you Never knew that a red BMW existed, and then you saw it and you loved it. Suddenly, you see red BMWs oh, everywhere, that's right? So right. And yes. and that and that for me is what you're saying. It's like all of a sudden, when I see something that I didn't see before, it sticks out to me, and now I'm looking for how many times I can spot that same thing somewhere else. Yeah. Um. And so you, and then you, and then it bothers you. Right, right. Like when you suddenly, don't see, it. Why, yeah, like, suddenly, I haven't seen a red BMW. On. Why are Why are the majority of our presidential candidates billionaire white old men? You know, like, where yes. are the billionaire women? <laughs> Do they exist? Right. Where are you? Yep. Yeah. Because even the right. women that are running are not billionaires. Oh, no, you're right. It's I the fact that we can and we can have these. We we absolutely should be able to have these conversations. Right. I think that the challenge consistently is that we sort of turn this into like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Or what if I I'm not I'm not racist. I'm like, yeah, I didn't it, calm down. <laughs> just what if you just changed it, right? And yes. I think it's part of this. Um, we like to ask this question a lot when we are 
doing conversations and panel discussions and just even within our own convenings and meetings, right? Where we say, well, what are you willing to risk? Right. And sometimes it's your ego. Yeah. What are you just, what are you willing to risk to get to the result? Um, and so, and a lot of times I'm like, oh yeah, man, totally. if you would just set your ego, I've said this before and I get in trouble every single time I say it. So I should say it like <laughs> in a podcast where I'm in a <laughs> studio where it's just forever. us. Oh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, yeah. Nobody, nobody will hear this. Right. But I'm like, man, if we, if we took work, the work as seriously as we took ourselves, could you imagine what we could get done? If we just would be like as serious about the yeah. result we we sought as we were about our own fragile egos, yeah, right. man, oh we would get God. so much done. Yes, you're right. Oof. Jeez. I know. Mm-hmm. You're right. I saw a quote last week with City Education Partners and mm. we were, somebody was like passing quotes out and we were going to pick the ones that we wanted to hold on to. Oh, okay. And the one that I held on to, I held on to it not because I loved it, but because I was like, damn, like kind of what you just said. <laughs> Where I'm going to hold on to that for a second and think, shoot, man, what it said, and I'm going to get it wrong, but you'll get the gist of it. It said people don't innovate because they can't. They don't innovate because they don't want to eat their own young. Oh, man. And they don't want to outdo old stuff. So they let other people outdo it. And I thought, oh, God, is that true? Is that true of me? Like, am I hesitant do I engineer smallness and safety because I don't want to eat my own young like I don't want to have to look back and say I've I've done this all wrong or I thought wrongly about this oh man engineering smallness that's good yeah I'm also like it's the reason why we hear so often well that's how we've always done it yeah oh which is like my death If you want to see me go into a rage, <laughs> this is what you say to you Molly. You say, well, that's how we've always done it. Oh, okay. Oh, How's that working plan. for you? Yeah. Dr. Phil, <laughs> how does that work for you? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it brings me such anger when somebody says that. It's just like, yeah, and here's where we are. Yeah. So maybe we should try something else. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Things to think on. Yeah, right. Deep thoughts. With Jen and Molly. Right. <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, so how do we get involved? Like what, what should people do from this moment forward? What What do we need to do? Yeah, I um, 100 percent. I am asking people uh, to go to our website, SA2020.org. Literally right at the top is a survey. Um, we It's in both Spanish and English. You can find it. Uh, we also have printed copies. So if you're a teacher and you want yeah. Printed copies for your kids. We've got them. We will happily get them to you. And anyone can fill out the survey. Anyone can fill out the survey. You don't have to be 18 years old and, and in, older. In or- fact, we're going to be launching um, a—this has never been done, and I'm excited to be like, hey, we're hoping people look at it. We're basically going to launch a dashboard of our community engagement process so you can cool. see exactly how many people we've engaged, how many people have filled out the survey, what are the demographics of those people, um, what are they saying they want to maintain and preserve, what do you want to see improve or, or change. We've had um, about a little over 2,100 people fill out the survey. Uh, we launched it publicly about a month ago, like at our mm-hmm. luncheon in January. Um, they um, overwhelmingly what's coming to the top right now is that people want to see mobility and education shift. 
Yeah. Um, that's not shocking to us, right? What does public transit look better? How do we make micromobility, walkability easier to utilize? Um, people are saying they want culture and landmarks mm-hmm. to stay, right? When we say landmarks, we're looking at like not just the Alamo, but also um, the missions and right. our river walk, right? What's yeah. that look like? And I will tell you, it's one of my favorite things is that the um, number one uh, age demographic that has been filling this out. It's predominantly women that have been filling out, women or girls that have been mm-hmm. filling this out, predominantly people of color. But the number one age demographic is 25 to 44. Cool. Um, followed very closely by under the age of 18. That's awesome. Yeah. So we've had a lot of really cool partners like Girls Inc. and mm-hmm. Cast for example, mm-hmm. send it out to their uh, students. Um, and yeah, we're like close to 20% of the people who have filled it out are between the ages of 13 and 17. And then we have a couple who are under the age of 12, which is fun as well. <laughs> so yeah, we're, and that's really what we should be doing is how are we engaging our young people and sort of envisioning the future that they'll be growing into, right? right? Um, We want them to stay in the city. So please go to SA2020.org and fill out that survey and then pay attention to um, sort of SA2020.org is the catch-all. You will Mm -hmm. find whatever the next step is. Um, We have, again, every single month we will be hosting an event of some sort. Um, and it'll either be swing in or sit down and have a conversation with us. Um, we are doing presentations across the community and engagement processes. So it's not just a presentation. It's also like yeah. a conversation. Um, and we've been doing those in schools. So we're happy to come to a school and and chat with uh, classes who are doing stuff. We just uh, hooked up with the ISA seniors because oh, cool. they yeah. link their community engagement process to the SA 2020 website. So yeah, the we're a very small team. I don't think people understand how small we're seven, <laughs> uh, which is double what we were last year. So we're very excited about that. But there's only seven of us. Yeah. Um, so we have an ambassador group of about 70. We have committees. Thank you for serving. <laughs> You're welcome. Committee. We have an individual <laughs> engagement committee. And um, we have such a great um, nearly 93 volunteers who are just helping also sort of help us get use their tentacles to get into mm-hmm. spaces that we wouldn't. We mean it when we say we want more people representative of our community to help us reaffirm and strengthen our community vision. Um, we have a goal of 162,850 people to engage. That's real. <laughs> that's it's very data specific. specific. Yes. <laughs> Um, that's like 10% of our population. It's more than who's ever voted in a municipal election. And in our case, right, we're saying, hey, the more the merrier. Um, There is no person that we wouldn't want to fill this out. So if you're at your mom's church group on Sunday night, great. Do that when you're going to play bunko, do that. If you're going to go in and talk to your students, please have them fill it out. Yeah, we are sort of interested in everyone's feedback. Very cool. And we're going to help push that information I'm out, so too. so excited, yes. Yeah, so if you're following um, San Antonio Leaders and Teachers, we'll push out all the events, especially the ones that are going to be hyper-focused on education issues. Um, but you can find all the events on the on the website, too. Yeah, we're, yeah, everything is there. We try to make it simple point and click, mostly because I'm not smart. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't believe it. So it's like, that's a lie. Where is this? I don't know. They're like, just click it. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy that you brought me in. This is very cool. Yes. We'll finish this bottle of wine, and then we'll be done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miseducation.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.